Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Faster Masters Rowing Radio, where having a rowing coach only makes you better. Following a program gives you a true pathway to becoming a confident rower who's respected by your peers. You can become the athlete you want to row with. I'm Rebecca Caro, and I'm joined by Marlene Royal. Hello, Rebecca, and hello to our Faster Masters audience. It's good to be here. Now, if you're watching live in the live stream and want to comment, please just write underneath the streaming video any comments you write. We will take a look at and we'll see if we can answer if they're questions and reflect on some of the things that you observe. And while you're watching, please click and say where you're watching from and share the stream into social so that more people know what we're doing together. Now, a quick message from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by the Rowing Directory, the online listing for all rowing businesses. You can find local boat builders, oars, electronics, gifts, coaching, vacations, and more. Find out more and have a browse for yourself at rowing.chat, that's the website, and click on the menu where it says directory. We are extremely grateful to our loyal podcast supporters. People make small donations to support us, cover our running costs every month. And so if you're listening today and we say something that you find helpful or useful and you would be prepared to make a small donation, starting from $1 a month, go to fastermastersrowing.com forward slash podcast. There is a little special gift that we uh, send out to podcast supporters, which uh, if you join us, you will find and you will get. This past week is the part of the show where we talk about the work that we do more broadly to advocate for Masters Rowing. Marlene, what have you done? Um, Well, this week we organized with US Rowing to appear on the Masters Conference, which will be coming up in April. So um, we will keep everybody informed of that. Rebecca and I are each going to be doing a talk and there's going the master's conference is going to be on April 2nd. So we'll keep you posted on what our topics are and when we will be appearing and US Rowing will be sending out more information about that as well. That's going to be pretty good, actually. I, I'm I'm total respect for them for the leadership to consider doing a conference just for and about master's rowing. That's a world first, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a full day conference, and you know they they're lining up quite a few good speakers. So you know, as we said, they'll be as we get closer to date, we'll keep everybody posted about when our when we're going to appear. But it all will be recorded. So um, if you join, then um, you know you have access to that afterwards. Yeah. Now, I saw news this week that the Australian Masters Championships is confirmed at a new location. So they had a a state border closure due to COVID and they relocated it to Ballarat in Victoria. So I'm very much hoping that all of our listeners in Australia are cheering wildly from the sidelines. Um, That's going to be in May. Still time to buy our 12-week 1K racing program if you need to get fit and be ready to race. Um, And obviously, we have lots of Australian clients who are already buying Faster Masters monthly programs. 
for myself this past week i have finalized plans to do a learn to row one in april and one starting this weekend so if you're in auckland and uh, want to learn to skull uh, please get in touch and marlene you've been guesting on other people's YouTube channel. Yes, actually, um, last week, the Science of Rowing posted um, an interview that I did together with Will Ruth, and our topic was rowing and strength training through menopause. And uh, Will talks about um, a one of the research studies that they reviewed for the Science of Rowing, Volume 3, Issue 2. And then we compared um, my practical applications to strength training with the athletes that we work with and um, you know how we incorporate it what we emphasize um, challenges and um, successes <laughs> so yeah brilliant and I look forward to watching that now we're very pleased to welcome for the very first time to the podcast one of our extremely loyal listeners uh, Jess DiCarlo. Jess, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Tilt your screen a little bit towards you so that your head, that's it. Now we can, now we can see you. Yes, yes, yes. Before we go into talking with Jess, I just want to show you my photo. So this is James Taylor at Lake Merritt, which is a lovely rowing facility I happen to have been able to row on outside San Francisco. And what a glorious California sunrise he shared with us. Now, Jess is joining us for a new regular feature on Faster Masters Rowing Radio, which is Book of the Month. Jess is an avid reader. She's an, a complete, I think I say this with complete honesty and with <laughs> love in my heart. You are a rowing geek. You yes. know it all. Uh, I, it took me a while to realize that, but I should have known because I would <laughs> I would go to regattas and take like two, three books that I was reading and I just couldn't get enough. Jess is going to be selecting a book that she enjoys particularly for our listeners to hear about. And she's going to be telling us this month about which book, Jess? Um, it is Perfect Balance by Akhil Abdullah. Um, it, it is a little old, but um, yeah, I'm trying to pick things that are either new or otherwise noteworthy. And since it's being Black History Month, um, Akhil is an American rower um, and he's still rowing. Um, you know, as a side note, he's rowing, working for Hydro, the company that makes the, uh, the uh, connected rowing machine. Um, and he's working as a software developer in addition to being an athlete and, you know, on-air personality, so to speak, for Hydro. I haven't gotten to try one yet. But anyway, that's a side note. But this book was written in 2001. Um, and he was on the U.S. national team from 99 to 04. Um, and... Oh, the other reason I picked this book is because he was recently in December uh, named as one of the stewards for the Henley Royal Regatta uh, for, I guess it's by year. I'm not quite sure how that works, but. Um, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I was really excited and he was selected along with uh, Jess Eddy and Adam Freeman Pask, 
Um, so I guess they have three every year. And so he'll be a steward. Um, and so exciting. And, um, you know, so all those things together. And plus, I love the book. It was a really hard one to find. I love finding the used books um, because many of them are out of print. And even better if I can find a, um, a signed copy. This one was not signed, but I was just happy to find it. So um, yeah, he was on the national team for about five years and he's still very active where he's on the board of a, a couple different nonprofits. Um, the most famous being the, um, uh, the uh, I forget the name of it, but I think the US Rowing Foundation is, if that's the name of it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I can't remember the other names. But yeah, tell he's very about, active. Tell, tell us about the, what's a really good bit in the book, one reason why people should buy it. Well, I mean, I well, first, I, the one thing I wanted to say overall, what the book is about, I was thinking, what would I tell people it's about? And I love this part from the intro. He says he only wants to share one man's personal struggle to be the best in, in a sport and find meaning from efforts that repeatedly fall shy of their mark. So that gives a little foreshadowing of um, the events in the book, but he, I, I, don't, I don't know if I wanna give this bit away, but um, well, he won Henley Diamond Skulls in, in 2000. So I don't know if that's a requirement to be a steward, um, but he did win in 2000. Um, and he participated in 99, but didn't win. Um, but the really exciting part, like the beefiest part of it for me was um, in 2000, the, the US trials to go to the Olympics. Um, it was a very tight race. I guess I'll just say that. So I don't wanna give any spoilers if anybody can find a copy of the book. Um, but that, that was the best. It was very exciting. It gives me goosebumps just to think about. Excellent. Well, that is a great trailer, Jess. Thank you. And people, you can buy it on Amazon. There are at least two secondhand copies there right now. I know it is out of print. So um, if you have a copy, hold on to it. Oh, oh, I just, and I just want to say one more thing about it. The book was um, published in 2001, but he was still on the national team. So. Um, I'll just say that it was an Olympian. So there you go. Jess, thank you very much. And we look forward to welcoming you back next month with another book of the month. Thank you. Now, just to answer Jess's question about Henley Stewards, you're a Henley Steward for life, unless you are the mayor of Henley, who is a steward every year, but because the mayor changes. Um, so when you get uh, elected, um, you are you're there. It's a it's a it's a job for life, and it's it's not a free ride. They make them work incredibly hard um, to run that regatta, which is going to be six days this year. Wow, it's going to be super. I'm hoping to be there. Now, our big topic for the month is a week. Sorry, is maintaining posture at the finish. And Marlene and I had a bit of a chat about what are the sort of things that people listening to the podcast might find useful. And I feel personally quite strongly that it'd be really cool if you listen and you take away each week one thing 
that you can put into practice right away in your own rowing. And so Marlene is going to kick off and talk to us about posture. Yes. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, I think that this is a very big topic in rowing and certainly related to rowing technique. And as much as we talk about posture, 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 and people say, oh, yes, yes, posture. And then they get in the boat and they have no posture, right? So um, taking what you believe to be correct and proper and executing it are usually two different things. And I think part of the the challenge is that in rowing, we sit. And oftentimes when people sit down, they're not aware of their posture at all, like they are when they're standing. So I think right away, you have to look at how, how are you maintaining your spine position and your sitting position when, you, when you're in the boat. And at the finish of the stroke, so I'm going to define like Finish position, as the biomechanics call it, is the end of the leg drive, the handle is at the body, you have a very slight layback to the body. Um, this is where I think you have to, to define your posture at the finish position, um, which is before you make the release. And one rule of thumb is to pay attention to your lumbar spine. And, and so if you, if you are sitting on the seat and, and you put your hand on the small of your back and just slide down a little bit, that, that's where your lumbar spine is, you know, where you get close to, your, close to your sacrum. And if you lay back too far, you're going to feel that lower part of your back collapse. It's going to drop down towards the seat versus keeping um, a pretty firm kind of connected position there. And, and this is one way that you can feel whether you have gone too far or not. Because if you, if you rock back a certain amount, you're going to be able to maintain that low back integrity, which is partly um, your glutes engaging. And it's also mechanically holding that firm lower back that's a very protective position for your low back. If you go too far, you're going to feel that you start to drop back on your sit bones, that your glutes start to smush down into the seat, as we call it, sitting on your back pockets, and you're going to feel that that lower part of your back starts to collapse. That's a clear indication that you've gone too far in terms of, of your, your body swing. So in order to protect your back, and, you know, a lot of people complain of low back pain or low back discomfort. Um, maintaining your posture at that extreme position is one way to really protect your lower back. So your glutes play a role in this and, um, you know, staying up on your sit bones and not letting all that weight kind of smush down into the seat in very technical terms, um, not dropping your weight into the bow of the boat. These are all things that help you maintain that that position in your lower back that's pretty blooming comprehensive one of the things that i like about what you just described is your description of the length of your spine as we learned when uh, baz moffat came on the podcast a while ago she was talking about the pelvis uh which is her i think specialist subject 
Yeah, she was yeah. on this show. That would be her, her subject. And she was explaining one really useful thing. She says, how can you tell if a muscle group is engaged? And we were actually at the time talking about your core, but frankly, this applies to anything. And she said, a long muscle is activated. So we all know that muscles uh, have extension and contraction. So like I'm shortening the my fingers there and then extending them. By staying tall, you're extending all of the muscles around your back and, and your, your, your front and your back. Um, and so that elongation is a really good way for you to think, sit tall, even though you're leaning a little back. Does that work yes. for you? Yes, absolutely. Well, and keeping, I think other things that can be reference points here is um, keeping your chest high. That's going to help you row tall, as we were talking about with, with Baz. Um, you know, keeping, uh, maintaining a neutral spine. If your spine is has a lot of flexion in it, extreme flexion, um, you know, again, you're, you're opening yourself up to possible injuries. Whereas if you can maintain a relatively neutral spine, that's going to be the most resilient resilient to, to injury. Um, I think another thing that gives you reference points are your feet connected to the foot stretcher. So if, and we know that this, this is the topic that comes up over and over again, when, when a, a rower or sculler cannot keep their feet connected to the foot stretcher as they're making the release, nine times out of 10, we're probably going to see them losing their posture in the finished position as well. So that connection, those, that connection goes, goes together in terms of, you know, you go far enough, but you don't need to go so far that it's not effective anymore. So, yeah. So how can you tell if you've gone too far? And the short answer is you probably can't. You need some help with somebody who's on the bank or alongside your boat, or maybe even, you know, sitting behind you to give you some guidance. Having said that, once you have established exactly how far back you should be leaning and what a correct posture is, there are some things that you can put in place for your rowing setup that can give you a little bit of guidance as to whether or not you are maintaining that as you row. Because as we all know, we learn something new, we tend to drop off from it quite quickly and we need to remind ourselves frequently to return to it. What you can do is set up your finish position so that when your back is in the correct backward angle, your oar handle, whether this is sweep or sculling, are brushing your lower ribs at a specific point. I'm going to do a pretty gross example, but exaggeration. So here you can see me side view. And if my hands are here on my lower ribs, so here imagine I'm sweep and this is my outside hand, and I'm here on my lower ribs, my bra strap comes across my chest here. But if I collapse my back, my hands are higher. Or if I lean back further, my hands are higher. And either I, I can realize that I've gone too far because my hands are too high up my chest. Or if I keep my hands at the same level, but I've gone too far, my blade will wash out at the end of the stroke. And you should be able to hear or see that. And so what I recommend you do is set up the height of your locks of your gates and your foot stretcher 
so that you have a very precise place that you finish the stroke in. And if you find that you're tapping your finish out before the root of your thumb, kind of this last knuckle of your thumb is actually touching your shirt, then you can guess that either you've moved your back too far or you haven't sat up tall enough at the finish. So try and find some physical kind of call it a checkpoint that you can use just to monitor yourself as you're rowing. And if you can, get someone to video you. Just three strokes. You can get your kid to do it with a camera. You can do it on the erg. You can do it preferably when you're rowing low rate and firm pressure. And even someone sitting in front of you in the boat could, you know, like hold a camera over their head, someone behind you. It's not as good as from the side, but it just helps you to have that mental picture of, what am I aiming for? And then compare it with what I'm actually doing. Yes, absolutely. And the rule of thumb is when you're looking at that video, look at your lower back. And if you're seeing that your low back is collapsing and losing integrity, that, that's your sign that you've gone a bit, a bit too far because yeah. it's really important. It's really important to protect that lower back. And it's going to help you be more effective with your blade work at the release, because there's no sense to keep going if your blade isn't doing any work in the in the water. So that's what, one thing where the video can really help. Yeah, that is absolutely right. And don't don't waste your effort like that. There are plenty of better ways to waste your effort if you want to. Now that's a joke. We've got a comment. From CC, stack the blocks, she says, the spine. Think of it like a stack of building blocks and don't let the tower fall over. That's nice. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, reducing low back pain, very common issue. And, you know, maintaining that integrity, of course, strong, you know, stay tall, strong core. Pay mm. attention to your blade work at the release so that your your blade isn't traveling through the water and not doing anything to help you move the boat forward. Yeah. It's quite interesting how infrequently people check that. Even really elite rowers fail to check whether or not they are actually propelling the boat at the end of their power phase and through the finish, through to the release and to the beginning of the recovery. And it's, it is so subtle and it can be so variable, even moving to a different boat, to a different seat. It is worthwhile checking that again, because let's face it, speaking mainly for myself, I only have a certain amount of energy and I ain't gonna waste it. Right, well, and, and being too long at the end of the drive, you give up a lot of momentum, so if we go back to one of our earlier premises, you know, the first way to go faster is to learn how not to slow down. Improving that whole transition has a lot to do with carrying a higher speed on the recovery. And, you know, and that's something for our masters becomes very important because that this is where technique can make a big difference versus more training hours, you know, learn how to maximize the boat speed as, as you're, moving out of the finished position making your release and if you're too long you're you're basically you know you're giving up some of that that momentum that you could be using yeah i totally support that 
So this has been Faster Masters Rowing Radio, the show dedicated to masters athletes who want fun, fitness and confidence in their rowing. You can become a student of the sport by buying a Faster Masters Rowing program subscription today. Go to fastermastersrowing.com forward slash join. And please leave us a review, tell your friends, and we will see you this time next week. Speak to you later. Thank you, everyone.